Welcome to the Herald Express Talker United Yellow Army podcast, brought to you weekly by Guy Henderson and Richard Hughes. We'll be talking about everything that you ever wanted to know about Talker United. Uh, you can find us in the Talker United channel on the Devon Live website, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. So welcome to a slightly strange podcast. Richard, you're in, in the Bahamas or something, aren't you? You're at the end of my Google Hangout. Uh, I'm in New Zealand. New Zealand, okay, fair enough. See, I have to believe you because all I can see is your disembodied head on the camera because we're, uh, we're podcasting remotely again this week because you're on holiday. I'm on holiday in Babacombe. But, uh, but very, very stunning Babacom. I'm looking out at the rain. But nothing gets in the way of the podcast, does it? So, um, so we, we will record yeah. anyway. Loads to talk about especially this off, week. Especially after going top of the table, Guy. Top of the table. Well, actually, what we're going to do, usually we do a little short intro here, but we're just going to chat away because I'm going to talk to Gary after we've recorded this section of the podcast. So uh, we don't know what Gary's got yeah. to say this week, but... Let's continue anyway. We spoke to him um, after Saturday's game. But yeah, top of the league. How often have we been able to say that in the past? It's been a while. Uh, it's interesting. I've got, uh, I've got a small uh, Facebook group of friends and there's, there's four or five Torquay fans uh, in that group on, on my Facebook. And yeah. um, they all posted a picture of the top of the table. Fantastic, so, isn't uh, it? Yeah, everyone's excited. In case anybody wasn't around for that golden two hours on Saturday, after we'd beaten Dover 2-0, uh, Torquay went to the top of the table until Stockport won later in the evening. So Yeah, and I, was, I watched that as well because it was on BT Sport and it was one all up until 10 minutes to go and I was, I was praying to some higher, higher significant force that um, they could keep it a one-all, one, uh, but um, it didn't happen, did it? So, uh, you know... Uh, we, we kind of expected it to happen. Uh, they knocked us off on goal difference. Yeah. Um, but we beat them earlier on in the season. So if that's if that's the standard that's going to keep us off the top, I'm I'm quite happy with that. They played well, didn't they, on Saturday? I mean, it was it was a, another good performance. We were oh. purring last week about the Chesterfield performance, and I think the Dover one was even better. It was it was yeah, just. Yeah, it should have been more than two goals. It should, and if you watch the highlights, which are available on the uh, the Torquay United website, I mean, Aaron the main hits the post twice. I think somebody else hits the woodwork as well. Uh, Torquay had yeah. loads of really good chances. Uh, could have been four or five, and I don't think Dover would have had any complaints if it had been. No, um, I, I, we outplayed them completely, didn't we? Um, wasn't it lovely to see um, Carl Cameron getting two headed goals as well? Um, that must have pleased Gary no end. In fact, I know it did because two weeks ago or three weeks ago, he was saying that he'd been uh, him and uh, Carl Cameron and Aaron Downs have been working on headers in the box yeah. uh, up the other end rather than defensive headers. And then uh, last week, when uh, when he missed a couple, uh, Gary was saying, "Yeah, he's doing well." But now I've told him he's got to put put a few in. Yeah. And didn't uh, didn't Gary tell us as well on the podcast a couple of weeks ago that Kyle had been working with Aaron Downs on getting in the box That's for set said, pieces? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it, it's um, you know, it, there isn't really a finer exponent of, of meeting a, a cross in the area than Aaron. So Kyle's uh, Kyle's obviously picked up some tips, hasn't he? No, Aaron obviously 
obviously is one of those central defenders. We've had a couple of them in the past, but only a couple recently, who were great in the box as central defenders because they could they could head the ball really well and score goals. Um, I'm trying to think. There, there, was, there has been a couple more, but I'm trying to think of them. My well, mind's blank at the moment because I'm on holiday. We, we used to have, I mean, we used to have David Cole and Phil Lloyd in there because we always had the ploy where Jim McNichol would go into the near post and flick on a cross and somebody else would come steaming in at the back post and head it in. Um, but yeah. not since then. I mean, you're looking at big centre-halves. We've had some good ones. Matt Elliott was always good in the air, Aaron himself. But Kyle is really... Because he almost scored before he actually did score on Saturday. Another thing I hadn't did, really realised. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was unfortunate. Um hat-trick that would have been from a central defender all, all, all three goals with his head but no he didn't get a hat-trick but no it's been brilliant and and it shows the um, strength of the team as well well they, um, I mean Kyle is the top scorer now with two goals there's sev yeah, seven yeah. different players have scored goals for us this season and that's uh, yeah in some ways you think mm, well maybe you know we, we need a centre forward to dominate but then you think hang on a minute goals are coming from all over the pitch here that has to be a good thing I think, um, you know, uh, goals coming from all over the place is a good thing. We do need someone to, to start scoring more regularly from the from the forward line, though, I think. Yeah, but it's coming, isn't it? It's coming together. I mean, Louis Britton was unlucky with a, a couple of efforts on Saturday. Yeah. Danny Wright, yeah. again, did all his work, really a lot of work off the ball, creating space for other people, little layoffs, taking defenders away. I mean, you can see that that's a big part of his game. I'd love him to get a goal or two, as you say, though, just to, um, you know, just to get himself really into the reckoning. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we've got, we got Josh and uh, Andrew out. Um, Andrew Nelson was a big goal scorer um, at previous clubs. So um, I'm hoping that when he does come back, he'll start putting a few away as well. Yeah, yeah, because obviously... You know, these loan periods are not open-ended, are they? At the moment, all these players are here on a month. No, it's a month, isn't it? So um, it was a month, really, to help us out of a, a, of a bit of a, a, a squad shortage at the start of the season because of injuries and suspension. But um, whether we'll see them stay for a bit longer, I don't know. So, if, you were, uh, if you were Sam Sharon, you'd want to stay, wouldn't you? I think so. If you were Louis Britton, you'd want to stay? Yeah, I mean, you've got, I mean, we've had this with lone players before, haven't we? They could go back. If you're Louis Britton, as you say, you'd go back to Bristol City, you'd be playing in their under-23s, you might get on the bench for the odd championship game. I mean, City are going well again in the championship, aren't they? Louis Britton is not going to suddenly burst into the starting eleven in the championship, whereas he is going to get... Yeah, he's going to get week in, week out football at Plainmoor. He's in a team that's, um, you know, bouncing around at the top end of the division. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. He, he'd stay, wouldn't he, given the like, choice? Likewise, sharing. Like I don't think he'd get straight into the first team at Bournemouth. The only caveat to that is that Adam Randall might get into the first team at Plymouth. He's done his um, cause no harm at all, has he? That's another thing you can no, see. on. On the video highlights, you can see all the little clever things that he does, like, um, you know, he gets yeah. possession out in wide areas, he turns back, he goes around the defender, he makes space for himself and he brings other players into the game, which I think is, is uh, he's such a good player. Yeah. I mean, we were saying on Saturday, weren't we, on yeah. the press bench, what a good game he was having. He's very influential for a yeah. young lad. Absolutely. No, he's, uh, he's going to be a player, I think. I think he's, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um so, I mean, we've got two games to look forward to this week. We'll get to them in a minute. Should we pose a couple of questions first, though? 
we've got the poser head. head. I'm I am a poser. The O question: the player with the surname beginning with O who has scored the most goals and made the most appearances for Torquay United. It is the same player this week. I'll just throw that little clue at you there. We'll give you the answer towards the end. And here's one that somebody actually sent in as a message, and I don't know the answer to this one. Uh, who was the captain of Torquay United in 1963 when the chap who messaged me started watching them? I don't know is the answer. I'm hoping, no, I don't know. I'm hoping that somebody out there in podcast land will remember or will have some source of information. I couldn't find it online. Uh, I don't know. And because the message came in by one of those strange MMS things, I don't even know exactly who it was who sent the question in. So I can't uh, I can't give them okay. a name check. Mystery, mystery question from a mystery. It is. Who was the captain of Torquay United in 1963? Uh, Robin Stubbs had arrived around about I mean, then. I was going to say, looking at the squad, I, I, I suspect there's a few... There's a few uh, possibles in there, isn't there? Yeah, there will be one or two names that stick out, but maybe we'll save that one for next week. We'll see if anybody can come up with an answer for us. Always good to try and solve a few riddles for people, and um, and we'll have a go at that. So, moving down the agenda, it's a very interesting piece in the paper this week from Nick Broderick from the uh, Talk United Supporters Trust, raising some questions, I thought, about, um, about COVID. Um, okay. Well, because I'm on holiday, Guy, this you week, have, I haven't actually picked up a paper yet. You, I, and I didn't do it this week, obviously. Uh, our friend down in Cornwall, Andrew, did it for me. I, I, wrote, I wrote the two talking pieces, but I haven't seen the paper. Well, Nick is, is making the point that, um, you know, obviously this, this points per game formula, are we looking at trying to sort of maximise everything that we're doing because there's a points per game formula in case the season doesn't finish? Because we've already had a situation okay. where Barnet had a player tested positive uh, and their game was postponed late on Friday, even after Hartlepool had already travelled all the way down to North London. Uh, Notts County yep. uh, had four players tested positive. They went ahead with their game against it's Maidenhead and lost it. Yeah, it's starting to happen, isn't it? It's starting to happen a bit more. You're noticing games off. Mm. Um, you know, uh, the spread is obviously quite... Quite, quite large at the moment and uh, we are starting to see games called off. It is and it's interesting what you do if let's say I mean the Torquay will have systems in place to make sure that if a couple of players do test positive that they're isolated from the rest of the squad I mean you know, Torquay are doing this kind yeah. of thing very very well at the moment but at what point do you say look we've got key players out there's a possibility that other players might be asymptomatic we don't know we postpone a game, and then the season kind of falls into disarray, doesn't it? Well, I mean, the, the, the worst case scenario, of course, is a, is a second proper lockdown, isn't it? Where yeah. everything shuts down, and uh, and we're left hanging high and dry again in in, in football. Um, no one wants that, and I'm, I'm sure they'll have uh, tried to do all they can to avoid that. I mean, football is continuing in the areas that are in Tier 3, aren't they? Yes, so, yeah. Um, which you'll see. I, I noticed that Ireland's football is a um, is at a halt for a while. I, I, it's especially for lower league clubs and non-league clubs, and I'm not talking about Torquay there because they are elite non-league. But the yeah. non-league clubs, there's so much space, and you're outside, and you know that I'm no expert. Um, 
I wouldn't I wouldn't pretend to know anything about the spread of COVID, but you do get the feeling that inside is worse than outside. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Of course, the other big news uh, today is that the funding has been announced. Um, we've probably not had right, this either. You're, you're bringing news to me, guys. Oh, well, the government has announced a £10 million funding package for National League clubs. And the Yellow Army can take a bit of a bow here because the amount that the club gets is based on average attendance, which means that Torquay, Chesterfield, Hartlepool, Notts County, Stockport, Wrexham and Yeovil get £95,000 a month from this funding, which wow. sounds okay. like a decent amount of money. I mean, we'd, we'd need to talk to George Edwards or, or somebody at the club to find out whether that's enough. Um, but that sounds a decent amount. The other teams in National League are getting 84,000. So there's a significant difference. And based on the average attendance, because Torquay is well attended and because those, I mean, presumably they've cut their coat according to their cloth, they need that kind of money to keep going. That seems, on the face of it, to be pretty welcome, I would have thought. Yeah, absolutely. You're not going to turn that down, are you? I, I don't know what that equates to, to, let's say, three home games in a month, which is probably kind of yeah. best-case scenario, three or four home games in a month. Um, I don't know what that equates to what the, the, the takings would be through the turnstiles in that respect. Um, but but it's better than nothing, and that, that's what they're getting at the moment, nothing. Well, I, mean, I, have, I, I just Someone, or I was texting someone who um, is a friend of mine who is a season ticket holder. Um, Rachel and her, her girlfriend both both have a season ticket, and they mm. both decided during the summer that whatever happened, they would get a season ticket. And so they got one, and they get the games streamed free. But yeah. um, they are desperate to get back into the ground. But good on them for buying a season ticket. I don't know how many people have done that. That'd be interesting to find out as well, because that's that's really putting your support. In, isn't it even though you it know is. you're not going to get into those games i think a lot of fans have shown that kind of goodwill if you can judge anything by social media people have been buying a lot of kit the shirts have gone well people are anxious to spend yeah. some money over the counter in the club shop even if they can only do it online uh people are buying up the streaming it'd be interesting to know the facts and figures around the streaming don't know how many there were again um i think I it's go on i have asked yeah Okay, but I, still, get an I mean, polite, polite um, you're not getting an answer kind of phone call. It's it's kind of it's kind of commercially sensitive, I suppose. But Bromley did say that Bromley had, I think, seven hundred people streaming the the uh, Bromley Torquay game. How many of those were uh, Torquay fans, and how many were Bromley fans? You don't know, but the quality has been That's good. Yeah, the, yeah, I mean, Bromley Bromley's coverage though was extraordinarily good. It was, yes. Yeah, you have to say that. Um, but, I mean, it would be interesting to know and we need to encourage people to keep doing it because people are not going to get back into play more anytime soon, are they? It's, it's, this is going to go oh, on and on. As you pointed out before we had this discussion online, um, we're not going to be back in Claymore for a while anyway. Well, no, we're not. We? I mean, well, depending on what happens on Saturday, uh, it could be November the 14th before we see another game of football. At play more uh, if Torquay get draw if Torquay do get through to the first round of the cup and get drawn away yeah. um, well see we'll come to this in a minute Richard I'm always I'm, I'm nervous I mean I love the cup don't get me wrong I love the FA Cup absolutely adore it but it make games like going away to Sholing make me very nervous uh, okay let, let's let's head into that then because Saturday's fixture 
is the fourth qualifying round of the FA Cup and we got drawn away as you'll know if you listened to last week's podcast when we had the draw live on the podcast with varying degrees of success (laughs) yeah I think we might have to rehearse that a little bit better next time but there we go Um, yeah away to Scholing they were formerly known as Vosper Thornycroft a very well-known team in the south of England Uh, and they I mean, they've got a, this guy called Dan Mason who scores a lot of goals for them. Um, it's one of those games. The old cliche is that it's a banana skin waiting for you, but it really is, isn't it? Torquay can't win in this. They everybody expects them to win and win comfortably. Anything less than a comfortable win, people will start grumbling a little bit, and Scholing will fancy themselves. How how do you feel about FA Cup games like this? I I think it's 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 fate accompli. You reckon? Well, you said that about Dover yeah. last week, and you were right about that one. You put my nerves at rest. Yeah, it was a bit closer than the scoreline wise. It was a bit closer than I would have liked. I thought they were going to thrash them. But um, Schoenig show, like, play in Division One South of the Southern League in the same division as Barnstable, Biddeford, and Willing Rovers. Okay. Um, if Torquay can't beat Barnstable or Biddeford or William Rovers, William Willing Rovers or Schoenig, then uh, you know. Uh, they they might as well pack up a league campaign as well because they ain't going to go up. So I, I think he'll make a couple of changes. Yeah. I think you'll see Asa Hall get a good run out. Um, I think you might see uh, Olaf Kazella get a game. Think Sean um, think Sean McDonald will get the Warren, nod. Gary Warren perhaps. We're yeah. not uh, uh, having uh, being on holiday. I haven't looked in the last couple of days to see if. Um, the loan players are available to play for us for this game because, of course, their clubs, especially maybe Plymouth more than the other two, will probably not want to see them cut ties. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, Gary will shake it up a bit, I think, but there's, there's, Torquay will be far too strong for show pulling. Yeah, good. good. I'm dying. I just get nervous, Richard. You know what I'm like. Love the cup. I know, I know you are. You say this, 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 this lad... Mason scoring goals. Yeah, he will score goals if he's good at that level. But, you know, he's not he's not playing Torquay every week. No, no, that's true. That is true. And another, of course, we've got another game coming up very quickly. Tuesday night, Torquay are away at Aldershot, um, which would have been a game that we would all have been heading up to if uh, in normal circumstances that would just have been one of those games that we'd have gone to. Because it's not easy. It's yeah. not. It's not difficult to get to. There's a nice pub just on the corner of the ground. The Aldershot fans are a good bunch, um, and it's a classic National League game these days, isn't it? That one. It is. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm a fan of Aldershot, don't you? Oh, you love Aldershot. You're a, a big Aldershot supporter. Yeah. But we do have listeners who are, you know, whose second club may be Aldershot. I know. So it's just, it's just one. It's almost El Clasico, isn't it? It's like playing Rochdale. The, the games that yeah, we were. No, we were it, it, moment Aldershot are struggling a bit aren't they so let's go there and uh, and have some fun let's go let's go and turn them over is what you're uh, what you're saying okay yeah. all right I'll buy into that so that and then obviously into the into the following week and the big televised match at Hartlepool but we'll talk about that on the podcast next week yeah when you're back from the Bahamas a couple of other things we need to catch up on um there was a lovely tweet from the National Obsession podcast this week, uh, which I really enjoyed. Uh, the National Obsession podcast is very, very good, by the way. Charlie Baker's podcast. There's room on this planet for more than one football podcast, so we'll give them a bit of a big up as well, shall we? Big, friendly, 
fluffy podcast family, aren't we? Yeah, we are. We are. We're all chums together. But the National Obsession Pod. Yeah. Do you remember that he, he actually put up something that said this is a YouTube clip of Paul Bastard talking to the Showling stewards last Saturday? I thought, hang on, I'll have a little little click on this. This could be a bit of inside information. And what he'd done was he'd found that brilliant clip from The Great Escape uh, with Richard Attenborough and Gordon Jackson trying to get on the bus, trying to pass themselves yeah. off as uh, as French peasants. And the German guy who's checking their Ausweis, checking their papers in the end, he says, uh, and good luck. And Gordon Jackson turned around and said, oh, thank you very much. And that's that there was a long and complicated explanation of a quite brilliant YouTube find. So well done, the guys at National Obsession. And I wonder if Paul. I don't Paul know if Paul still. I, I don't know what Paul if he still works within the uh, the wine buying industry. But um, back in the day when I was uh, working for the club, what was it 20, 20, 15, 20 years ago? Um, he used to wait outside for the coach after a game, and um, supply the coach with wine for the for, for the winning drinks on the way home. Did he really? Was that? I mean, I can't. See, I always imagine Talk United players having a, a crate of brown ale under the oh, no, uh, back no, seat or something. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's, that's put my mind at rest a little bit. I can't, I can't imagine yeah, yeah. them passing a, a, a bottle of uh, Pinot Noir around at the back of the coach or anything like that. No, no, the front where the, uh, the, uh, the, um, the officials sat. Yeah, all right. I, I'll, I'll take that on board. But uh, yeah, good stuff. <laughs> The ex-goals report this week is lengthy and quite interesting. There's some familiar names in this one. The ex-goals Twitter feed as well. If you don't follow it, probably just as well, because uh, we'll tell you what's in there now. But if you do follow it, it keeps you up to date with what everybody's doing. Angus McDonald picks up a red card playing for Rotherham against Norwich on Saturday. A, good to know that he's back. He's in the team. He's getting a game. And in some strange way, it's good to know that the red mist is still there, isn't it? Uh, Seku Jane, of course, got the only goal as Newport beat Tranmere, 1-0. Oh, good news. Michi Afete scored a goal for Wealdstone as they beat Wrexham 4-3. Uh, our old mate Chris... Just sat, yeah, hang on, Guy. Go on. Me saying, me saying good news has just set my Alexa off to give me the news, so hang on a second. How clever. Alexa, stop. We're, we're up with the modern gadgets, aren't we? This is like Tomorrow's World with Raymond Baxter. Continue. Continue. Don't say Alexa continue, whatever you do. Uh, do you know what I could do, obviously, is I could ask Alexa to set an alarm for 3am in your house and you'd have a devil of a job getting it switched off again, but I won't do that. Michi Afete, goal for Wealdstone as they beat Wrexham 4-3. Chris Zabrowski uh, scored for Chippenham in a 2-0 win over Dulwich Hamlet. We kind of miss Dulwich Hamlet in our league, don't we? They were... Um, they were an interesting side to play against. They were the St. Pauli yeah. of the National League. Um, and let's hope they get back up again sometime <laughs> soon. Elliot Benyon, who is now 33 years old. Wow. I, I thought he was older than that. He must have been a slip of a boy when he played for us. Uh, got his first goal of the season as Oxford City beat Tombridge Angels 4-0. Uh, wow. Alex Fletcher, of course, another goal for Tiverton. Yeah in their 3-1 win over Farnborough. Another goal for Conrad yep. Balatoni uh, as Edinburgh City wow. beat Breek in 5-1. He's right in among the goals, is Conrad, isn't he? He didn't look like yeah. a sharpshooter when we had him, but 
Maybe he's more no. at home playing back in uh, back in Edinburgh. Connor Wilkinson got one for Leighton Orient in a 3-2 defeat at home to Grimsby. And then coming a little bit further up to date, on Tuesday night, Johnny Marquis got one for Portsmouth in a 2-0 win over Gillingham. Reuben Reid got the winning penalty for Cheltenham in a 1-0 win over Scunthorpe. And Ryan Bowman, who uh, he actually got the winner for Exeter against Crawley. You know those little things they put on Twitter when they have a little animated uh, video of a player? And they do, you know, I, I, yeah, exactly. There's no point in me miming this because we're on sound only, but you get the players doing that kind of thing, you know, with punching yeah. the air. And, and Ryan Bowman's is bizarre, he's drinking a bottle of some fluid so, or other. Yeah, ones are a bit bizarre, apparently. It's very strange. It looks as if he's drinking a jar of hot sauce or something like that, but I will leave with that. It obviously <laughs> makes sense to Ryan. But he, I mean, good for him. Winner for Exeter, two-one win over Crawley. Yeah. And he had, had, and he hadn't scored for them. But being their key striker, really, he hadn't scored as yet. Now they haven't had a bad start, and they haven't flown flown away this season. But they haven't had a bad start. But one of the things that the fans were getting a bit uptight about was that Bowman hadn't scored yet. Well, I'm glad to see he has. Matt Taylor had to defend him the other week, saying that he's the player that most. Uh, they get most questions about when uh, people are interested in Exeter City players. So um, really, I think yeah. he knows the value. Um, yeah, right. That's the first goal of the season. Then knocked it in last night. Well, he can he can down a bottle of hot sauce on the strength of that. Yeah. And finally, the answers to the O question. So uh, the same player for the most appearances and the most goals. Unano Kane. Unano Kane. Uh, I was wondering actually, about appearances for. If you hadn't said it was the same player, I was wondering about appearances for Vince O'Keefe, but um, well, it's, you, I'm not sure how much. Funny you should say, it's actually a tie in appearances between Unan O'Kane and Joe Osler with 122 each. Oh, okay. cool. And Vince yeah. O'Keefe is one behind on 121. So you right. were very, okay. very so close to that. So Unan O'Kane was with us from 09 until 12. Hugely talented player. Came to us from Coleraine. He's now playing at Luton. Joe Osler as well. Long career Joe's had. Came to us from Queen's Park Rangers. And he is now a teammate of Elliot Bennion's at Oxford City. So Joe Osler oh, and Elliot Bennion are playing together up at Oxford. Uh, and Vince O'Keefe. Uh, 121 games between 1979 and 1982. Really good goalkeeper, Vince. Uh, good, yeah, good player, I thought. Uh, and the goals, Unan O'Kane got 14 goals in those 122 games. And after that, we've got a three-way tie with seven goals okay. each. Mick O'Brien, uh, who played 64 yeah. games with us, 2013-14. Uh, Chima Okori, who played oh, I was say Chima. Yeah. 47 games for us, 93-95. to and Albert Orr, who played 75 games between 1932 and 1934. Albert Orr wow, got seven okay. goals for us in those 75 games. So if anybody got those, they've done very, very well. If anybody got anybody other than Union O'Kane, they've done well. Top marks to you, Richard, for getting Vince O'Keefe. I'm not sure I'd have got that one. So there we go. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. The first part of the podcast, what will happen now is that we'll say our goodbyes and you can get back to the sun-kissed beaches of the Bahamas. Um, and I will yep. go off and I'll give Gary Johnson a ring 
uh, and we'll have a chat about uh, what's coming up for Saturday's game. We've got a few questions to ask him about Saturday's game. And uh, I want to ask him about the fact that they seem to be playing Gary's game now. Now, you, you spoke to him before the season started and he said that in one or two of the friendlies, he hadn't seen his game yet. And I want to know yeah, if Chippenham he... was one highlighted, that's right. Uh, wanna... He did see it when they played behind closed doors for yeah. the last pre-season friendly. And I want to know if he's seeing it now. I think he must be, but um, that's one of the yeah. questions I'm going to ask him in a minute uh, when I hopefully get him on the phone. Richard, get back to your holiday. Cool. Enjoy your um, enjoy your I... few days off and uh, we will talk again. Yeah, I will do. I, uh, I shall still be watching Talkie on Saturday, of course. Oh, well, no, will I, actually? I don't know. We, we still have to establish whether there's going to be a live stream on that. Now, I'm sure there will yeah. be, but uh, we'll find out and we'll try and well, find out. Bowling probably expected to do it, um, so we'll, we'll wait, wait and see if Torquay have been able to, to work something out. Work their magic, possibly. We will let you know. In the meantime, yeah. come on, you yellows. It's been a great week to uh, to be a Torquay United fan with those couple of hours we spent at the top of the league. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. <laughs> um, I mean, we're still joint top of the league, so people shouldn't be too disappointed. <laughs> And it's, uh, I've said before, it's like, you know, it's a good start and, and that's all, it's, all it is, isn't it? You know, it's a, it's a good start and, and yeah. that's, that's what you want. Now we need a, you know, a few more to make it a good start. You know, we'll see how we are after 10 games and then we can reevaluate um, what good, good a start it's been. Sure. You you spoke a little bit in pre-season about how after the Chippenham game, you hadn't seen them playing your game. Um, I'm just wondering if they're playing Gary's game yet. I mean, the last two home performances have been really impressive. Is this now Gary's game? Yeah, no, I'm seeing a lot more of the game that I'm looking for and the game that the lads know that I'm looking for. Um, and obviously we, we review the games as well, so they know exactly what it is and, and you know when it comes out uh, we show them in the review and we say look there it is that's exactly what we asked you to do yeah um, you know and we, we, we've got to get that intelligence if mm. you like players that can take on information but have got the ability to transfer the information into actually playing yeah um, and you know like actually playing the tactics so uh, no we've Oh, the only thing we have to, we've had quite a lot of playing in our last couple of games where we've played well. Uh, yeah. And really, we probably deserved a few more goals, but didn't get them. So that's the sort of next thing, really, is to, is to really finish off mm. our good moves, you know, and have a more of an end product. Because you, you've had seven different scorers so far this season. I mean, is, is, is that a good thing, or is that, you know, would you rather that some players were scoring more? Or is it good to spread no. it throughout the team? No, I mean, the big, it's good to spread it throughout the team, of course, because it means your centre-halves are scoring. Generally, your set plays are, are going well. Um, so there's a... You know, I, I don't mind who scores at all, because if somebody, for instance, is a striker mm. who's had a couple of assists, then for me, that's as good as scoring. Yeah. So, you know, I think you know, we said it before, we always have a, a list-up of the goal scorer the assist and the major contributor. Yeah. <laughs> so for every goal, we have three players that can take take a bow, if you like. You know. So if a centre forward suddenly got 
you know, three, four assists this early, yeah. um, then for me that's like scoring. Of course it is. But uh, so no, I mean they'll they'll pick it up. You know, on another day there'll be goal scorers and somebody else will be in assists. So as long as we're scoring enough yeah. to win games, which is what we are at the moment, and as long as we're creating chances, and and we're certainly doing that. Um, but you know, some people that are not necessarily in the paper for scoring have made a good, very good contribution. We, and you can see the contribution that somebody like Danny Wright is making because he's occupying the defenders, he's creating the spaces for others, isn't he? He is, and you know, he was very close to, to scoring that trick um, yeah. on the last game against Dover. You know, the keepers made a great save, and, and then he's, he's, you know, he's just been unlucky where they blocked it well. You know, so you know, I'm, I'm happy with, with all of them. Of course I am. Um, but as I say, it's just getting that, uh, being 3 nil up with five minutes to go. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah, really yeah. where you need to be to sort of like keep your health. <laughs> and your, your skipper must be loving life at the moment. Kyle is, is, is having a great start, isn't he? Playing well. He's doing very well. He's, a, he's, he's become a very good leader mm. as well. You know, obviously he's captain and was vice captain for long periods last year as well as captain. Um, and he's grown above his years, really. You know, he's, he's a lot more experienced than his age actually suggests. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's timing, his timing of his runs now and his technique of attacking headers is a lot better. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Downsy does a lot of, uh, a lot of work with him. You know, Downsy was one of the best attackers of the ball in the penalty area that I've worked with. So, um, it's good that he can actually, you know, work with him and put it into practice. I do the psychology bit of any danger of you scoring a goal. <laughs> <laughs> And it all worked. We were sat there on Saturday trying to work out um, when was the last time that a Torquay centre-half had got a hat-trick because he just looked like scoring every time we got a corner, didn't he? He did, he did. And, you know, with all due respect to Dover, we did see that as a little bit of a, a weakness in them where, you know, they, they sort of man-marked and we knew that if we, if we put in a little bit of work in the box just before the corner came over, and then, yeah. obviously, it's about the quality of the ball as well. And Connor was hitting some fantastic uh, corners in and free kicks. Um, then, hopefully, you know, if you're moving and you're clever, yeah. if the right ball comes in, you could be free to uh, go and win the header. Good stuff. Moving on to Shoaling on Saturday, Gary. Um, you're a you're a great lover of the FA Cup. You've said so before, but this is this yeah. is a tricky little tie, isn't it? One because you know they've got nothing to lose. Um, you know we've got everything to lose, so I think um, could get some bad publicity because they're two or three leagues below us. But um, at the same time, you know I've got to, I've got to make sure that uh, we go there and we treat it professionally. Um, and like all those games, you're probably going to have to compete physically uh, for the first 20-25 minutes while they're seeing out their cup final feelings yeah. <laughs> and then you hope that when the game settles down your, your, your team you know is, is maybe one up or something mm. um, but you know you can get hold of the ball and, and knock it around a little bit sort of thing you know so but you're definitely going to have sort of 20 odd minutes uh, half an hour where the opposition are going to be 
you know, be running around like they're in a World Cup final. Yeah. And you've got some players in your side now who have been here before. They've done it all before on a few occasions. I'm thinking players like Gary Warren, Dean Moxie, people yeah. like that. So you've got yeah. some experience in there to, um, you know, to calm things down a little bit. Yeah, well, we've been talking, haven't we, over the weeks about game management. <clears throat> if we get that, you know, experience in our team, yeah. then they can game manage quite comfortably. You know, it's... Uh, you know, it makes you feel better when you're standing on the line to know that you've got people that will have a little word in another player's ear, you know, just so you need to liven up or we need to do this or let's stick to the plan, you know, all that sort of stuff. And yeah. It saves me screaming and shouting from the line for the 90 minutes. I'm not expecting you to tell me what your team's going to be on Saturday, Gary, but are you likely to make a few changes here and there? Well, can you keep the secret? <laughs> Of course. Can you? Oh, right. Well, so can I. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, we were thinking of, of the loan players. Are all three loan players available to you or are their parent clubs uh, wanting them not to be cup-tied? Well, that's something we just... Um, again, if I... You're quite right. I don't really want to... No, that's fine. Uh, yeah. give any information out at the moment. But, um, you know, it's, it's something we're still sorting out. Yeah, and well, the other question is the injured players. I mean, people are, are greatly looking forward to seeing Armani Little playing and Nelson and Kerr and you know players who are coming back. Is there any news on those? Um, no, as we speak, we're we're going to have a discussion with um, Kai and physio and, mm-hmm. uh, and and try and find out if any of them um, could could possibly be involved or. Uh, be on the bench for you know like a few get a few minutes at the end. Uh, so we you know we haven't decided that yet as we speak on a Thursday morning. Okay, uh, it, I mean, is there any long term news on Armani Little because you know he is the player that the fans are really looking forward to seeing back in this side. Yeah, me too. Yeah, um, he's, uh, he's very very close now. Good, um, close enough probably, uh, but don't quote me on it. Um, <laughs> Uh, to be in the match day squad on Saturday. That's yeah. what we're we're hoping. So he's the one that's probably the closest of the ones that are the long term injuries. That's excellent news. That that'll put a smile on the faces of the Yellow Army. Yeah, well as I say, don't quote me on it yet because but it shows how close he is. Yeah. Okay. Well that's good yeah. news, Gary. Good news. Thank you very much. I mean, good luck Saturday. We'll all be following as best we can, either streaming or tweeting or whatever we're doing. And um, look forward to uh, look forward to talking after the game. Okay, I appreciate that. Thank you very much, Gary. Cheers, man.